and that's what we love a chat. We love to help and that's a fact. So we have made it our mission to find stuff out. From diagnosis and education, slimming out of your frustration. Chat to folks who've been there too. Collect it together and share it with you. If you know someone we should speak to, send them our way and that's what we'll do. We like to have our sensory natters. You know what? Hi everybody, welcome to another Sensory Matters show. Today it's myself, Joel and Lorraine. How are you guys? Good, thanks. Good. So we had Joel on last week and he was talking about all sorts. Lorraine, have you had a chance to listen? Yeah, I listened to it this morning actually while I was walking the dog. I thought it was a very good podcast. Yeah, what did you take away from it? Uh, Well, I'll split it into the two parts that it was split into. So the autism knowledge, I think, is a fantastic concept. Yes. Um, and the whole autism hours, I totally agree with Joel. I saw something that was autism hours were nine till 10. And I thought, I can't go there at nine till 10 on a Sunday because that's just not, I mean, a lot of autistic people don't sleep well at night. So they're mm-hmm. not up that early. Yeah. Um. So when Joel was saying about, you know, autistic friendly hours, at, the music's maybe at a four and then in real life it's at a nine. Why not just always have it at a six? I think that makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does, definitely. And then we experienced something to do with this at the weekend. Jamie had the biggest meltdown on Sunday, one of the biggest ones we've had for a long time, and it was because we went shopping. We are creating a new cosplay, so we needed to get some black shorts, and the first shop we went to was not wheelchair-friendly, so that had already heightened Jamie's senses. And then the next shop we went to, the music was absolutely blaring. It was like a disco Right. Um, and there was nobody in there, and I, I couldn't even understand how the staff could cope with it. Yeah. Yeah, it was just like, yeah. and I, So obviously that caused a massive sensory overload. But then, I don't know why, but on Sunday, everywhere we went from there to try and find a quiet place, there was noise everywhere. So the mm. Civic Hall is right next to the library, which is where I would usually go to quieten down. And they had this big thing going on. There was music and dancing and I. I just thought, well, why? Why does it need to be out in the street when there's a, a whole hall in there? Yeah. Yeah. And that just tipped her over the edge. Yeah, and in the end, we ended up in a park. Right. Um, just sat in the cold. Oh, yeah, and blanket. Of that. she was on her swing, wasn't she? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it was just... Um, there, was, there was girls screaming, and I just wanted to say, look, can you just be quiet? You've got no idea what you're doing to some people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like the world goes on with mm-hmm. no idea of how other people are being affected. Mm-hmm. I know. And what about this, the second part? Um, well, I, I can totally get, I'm totally on board with, with Joel on what he said about that, about the autism activists, because you've got activists and you've got advocates, I think. Yeah. And I've been the mother of an autistic child who didn't understand autism. I've learned mm-hmm. so much in the last 11, 12 years and I've made a million mistakes and I've said the wrong thing and I've used the wrong language and mm-hmm. I've used a puzzle piece in my life and it, it takes time to learn. You can't just know everything from the beginning. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, so I was an autistic mother who had no knowledge of autism. It turns out that I've actually been autistic myself my whole life. So for 37 years, I've been autistic. But that doesn't mean that I know know all this stuff. Yeah. So you have to start somewhere and you have to learn somewhere. 
And I think it's really important that we help parents of autistic kids rather than put them down. Yeah. And I, I think it's not just about helping parents of autistic kids. It's helping everybody, whether yeah. you're neurotypical or not. You don't know what you don't know. And most people, nine out of 10 people, don't mean any harm, don't want to cause any harm, are interested and want to learn and may say and do the wrong thing, but they don't know any better. And that's not to say that's an excuse. It's it's just fact. Yeah. Um, if it's coming from a good place, then it shouldn't be jumped upon. You know, the, the conversation should be encouraged to continue so that everyone can learn. Especially with comments, because this one's one that you hear a lot is, um, oh, you must be high functioning. Yeah. And yeah. it's stuff like that where they're obviously trying to make you feel better, I guess. Yeah. Like, well, they're not, but they're trying to not make it awkward. Yes. Yeah. And also trying to show off that they've got some knowledge of it. But even, you know, even since my time in this world, high functioning has become, it was something that was banded about a lot at one point, high functioning and low functioning. And now it's not really as allowed as it was. Yeah. yeah. It is you know, a bit I mean, more of an insult. Or Jamie was yeah. diagnosed as high functioning. Yes. Um, exactly. I, I even, at that appointment, we were even told that because Jamie was high functioning, it would mean we would have no problems. Yeah. I mean, look at our life over the last 10, 11 years. Yeah. That obviously isn't isn't true. And that's yeah, probably and why it stopped being more acceptable as term. Yes, and there's another example where professionals even had to learn. They they were taught one way and then it's evolved and things are constantly evolving and moving on. Yeah. It doesn't mean that people are saying it out of a bad place, you know. I mean, Joe's uh, recent diagnosis, he was mild mild to moderate autism where yeah. my diagnosis is autism spectrum condition yeah and if we all get hung up on all these different things then we're just never gonna never gonna move forward are we no basically everyone wherever they are on the spectrum is autistic that's it yeah i think you know they've all got their challenges yeah i think to a certain extent language is important but it's easy in the it's fine to focus on language within the autistic community so like this if you have a meeting with let's say 30 autistic people it's fine to focus on language there but it should mm -hmm. be outward looking because we're still trying to fight for equality and we're still trying to fight for acceptance and if you get hung up more hung up with the language that people who don't know what they don't know use rather than trying to educate them that's where the problem lies. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. There's a really good example of this. Um, I don't know if you follow the American presidential campaign stuff. I don't, but I just happened to see this on Twitter. So Andrew Yang is a candidate for the presidential elections and his son is autistic. And when mm -hmm. they did something on TV, Andrew Yang referred to his child as being autistic. And then this woman went on to Twitter and said, that's ridiculous, you can't use that language, your son has autism, he's not autistic, just shows you know nothing. And then everybody started jumping on that saying, you're wrong, an autistic person is an autistic person, they don't have autism. And then people started to get really upset with this woman who initially posted. Then I, I spent a lot of time looking through these comments because I was so interested in people's responses. And mm. the woman actually came back and said, I am so sorry, my nephew is autistic 
And we had always been told that he had autism and that was what I thought the language was. Yeah. Um, And so because some people were really nasty and then some people were really helpful to her. And so I thought it was really nice that she actually came back on after being attacked by a lot of people and say, thank you. I've learned something today. Yeah. And then that was then followed by a lot of autistic people saying, thank you very much for then coming back and saying that because that that's what it's all about. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's crazy that all of that can cause such a, you know, a vicious attack though. Yeah. That's, and I think as well, yeah. it's, it's day dependent because one day you might read something like that and you're just not in the right frame of mind. And another day you might be willing to educate and just be so chilled out. So there's so many factors involved. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I like to live my life by be nice to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's also an issue yeah. you don't only see it in the autistic community. Like, as part of the LGBT community, you see it a lot there as well. So well, I don't yeah. think... Carry on. Sorry. No, you, you go on, you go. I don't think it's... Speci- I think it's a common problem within spaces that aren't really understood in the wider society as much as they should be that people get annoyed because we know a lot and other people don't yeah but I think when you two did the podcast you were talking about politics as well this happens in and it got me thinking to being a mum to a baby and how it happens at that time as well yeah. Because when we used to do a lot with Gummy Gem, I remember you had to be so careful what you posted on that page because some people like baby led weaning and some people yeah. didn't and some people were baby wearers and some people weren't. And you always felt like you were upsetting one side of the people. Yeah, yeah the crying it out people and the nurturing yeah. parent people. And yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the day, all parents just want the best for their children. They just do it yeah. differently. Yeah. So yeah, it does. It does. It's, this this thing is not just unique to our community. It spans across all sorts of different groups. But I think Lorraine, you're right. The message is just be kind. Yeah. You know, it's it's not it's not hard. Um, like because I forgot to do this on the podcast. Um, give a shout out to Richie because he's the person who introduced me to the autism knowledge um, idea. Ah, okay. And yeah. I, I forgot to shout him out on the last podcast. So. Right, fair enough. Yeah. Well, as we're speaking about Richie, I think if we go back to the autism knowledge and Joel was saying about getting actual autistic people into schools and that it's great having OTs and things, but to get an actually autistic person's knowledge and like Richie does, going into schools and it is just his version. Yes. An insight into somebody who's autistic's version. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Which is a greater insight than perhaps someone who's not autistic talking about it because they've not lived it yeah and professionals you know they've got the lingo and and you know they've got case studies and they've worked with people but then inside an autistic person's mind and what they actually experience can be completely different yeah yeah it makes a lot of sense yeah so it was really really interesting some definite hot topics brought up there so thank you for sharing your thoughts with us joel um this week what's our newsworthy item uh well At Disneyland, there was a little boy and he had a meltdown and he was comforted by Snow White. She took him off to the side to a quiet area 
And I've seen a lot of it going round about how nice it was. Then I've seen other people posting saying, why were these people taking pictures of a child having a meltdown and then putting it on the internet? Um, mm-hmm. I thought it's Disney. Surely there's people are taking pictures anyway. Yeah. Yes. Like professional photographers. So there's a good chance that some of these pictures were probably just taken by photographers who thought, oh, look, there's a little boy having a cuddle with Snow White. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I actually, and I thought it was really nice to highlight that Snow White had taken the time to understand what was happening and help this child yeah. have the experience of a lifetime. And this kind yeah. of ties into what I was saying in the podcast about, um, how did I phrase it? Um, bringing autistic people and neurotypical people together in a space where they can understand each other. Yeah. Like, this is a prime example of that. Yeah. Yeah, where that understanding maybe doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah, and I think if that Snow White hadn't have been there, what would this story then be? Yeah. That child may have had to go home. Because, I mean, we don't know the full story, but Snow White may have calmed that child down enough to enjoy Disney. Yes, yeah, absolutely. If somebody else was there who didn't know what to do or how to approach it, then that kid might have missed out on everything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, I, I see sto- I see lots of posts about people um, disagreeing with posting meltdowns online, and I totally agree with that. I don't know how somebody can film themselves in a self in a meltdown because I wouldn't have the capacity to do that. No. Um, and people say about taking pictures now I used to f- film well yeah I used to film Jamie in meltdowns because I needed to use it as proof I'm not saying yeah, I would post it on the internet because I wouldn't um, but sometimes there are situations where these things are filmed or photographed but I think in this particular case with the Disney I don't think it's like the parents stood there taking pictures I think there's a good chance there's a lot of people around that day who've noticed it yeah, and yes. highlighted it yeah, absolutely. Public place like that, the, 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 of course, there's going to be cameras out everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But I just think absolutely. big up to that Snow White. She's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. It's good. We need more Snow Whites. We should yeah. try and get her on the podcast. Yeah, yeah we should try and find out who she is and, and get the full story because it would be interesting to know if she is just like any connection at all um, and had some knowledge or just went on instinct. Yeah. I wonder I've if, got yeah. a feeling. Sorry, go on. I wonder if Disney have started training their staff somewhat. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. would be interesting. It would make sense. Like, it I wouldn't would. see why they wouldn't, considering who they are and how big Disney World is and the amount of people that they attract. I reckon that that's something they might do. Yeah. You're probably right. Yeah, I think they probably would, actually, because they are so big and they must get so many autistic people go to Disney. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I might do some research on that and try and find out. That would be interesting to know. Okay. Right, we're going to take a short break and then afterwards we've got our sensory matter and our listener's question. Back soon. Last week, we launched our Star and Heart Packs. You can get three matte stars in one pack with one silky cord or three matte hearts in a pack, again, with one silky cord. These will be available priced at £24.95, but for one week, you can get yours for £19.95. 
If you want both packs, you can get them for a special offer of £30 for two. These are available on our website, chewygem.co.uk. You can also get the Star and Heart packs worldwide. Prices may vary. Now back to the podcast. Welcome back, everybody. So, yeah, we were chatting about Joel's podcast and um, the Disneyland Snow White, who was very helpful to that little boy. Um, so now we're going to discuss our sensory matter of the week, which I think, Lorraine, you've got one this week, haven't you? Yeah. So I've been seeing my psychologist for follow-up since my diagnosis and I'm learning so many things I didn't realise. So at the moment, we're putting together an autism passport to use in medical situations. And the dentist is something that I really struggle with. But it never occurred to me that I could actually do anything about it. So... I basically make a dentist appointment, cancel it, make another one, cancel it. And actually it goes on and on to the point where I get a letter saying, if you don't come, you're going to get kicked out of the surgery. Mm. So we were talking about this and about what do I not like in the dentist? And I mean, it, it's the bright lights. Everything feels so enclosed. You've got somebody mm-hmm. with a mask over your face. It's just not a nice experience. And I, I imagine that a lot of people, autistic or not, probably feel the same about the dentist. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. So we were coming up with strategies and, and the worst thing was that the day after this um, appointment, I've actually lost a filling and now I need to go to the dentist and I don't want to oh, go. No. Um, but yeah, so it's things like make an appointment as early as possible. So once this autism passport's done, I can then take it to my dentist and then can put it on their file and I can go in and say, I need an appointment, but it has to be at nine o'clock because right. if I wait all day, I'm thinking about it all day yeah. and then I'll cancel it. Yeah. Um, just things like wearing my own sunglasses because I wear them anyway and I'm more comfortable with them. Yeah. Because, you know, when you go into the dentist and you, you sit back and the light's already on and then they give you the glasses, well, by that point, I'm already dazzled. Yeah. Yeah. So explain this autism passport to me then because it's – is it an officially recognised thing? Um, I think a lot of people do it. I'm not sure. Um, I was talking to Casper about it, actually, and he'd found something similar on the National Autistic Society website – but basically, right. as part of my aftercare, the psychologist wants to put together anything that can be useful to me to give to other people to aid me in future life. Right. Um. So we've started making notes and he's going to type it up so that I can give it to people. So at some point, I'll give you a copy of it because yeah. when we do Skype meetings, sometimes I don't know who's being spoken to because I can't see you. Yeah. Um, things know, like yeah. That. So there's lots of things that I'd never even considered and we've started to jot it down. And it's just going to make my life so much easier. So does it then get divided up into situations like here's my dentist autism passport, here's my work autism passport, or is it all just one massive document that covers everything? I'm not 100% sure because it's not finished, but we just went through a lot of different situations and times when I struggle. Right. um, And how telling people or having it written down I don't know if it's going to be like a card or something, but he basically said it's like a visual that I can give to people to explain my needs or why I might not do something or why I might do something. And does Jamie have anything like this? No, I've never heard of it before. Neither have I. Mm. Um, But yeah, it was because um, it got me thinking about Richie when Richie was in hospital. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was in hospital for about a month and 
there was no continuity of, of his care. He didn't know when people were going to come into the room. It was very up and down. It was very difficult for him. And then I went for this appointment and we were talking about hospitals. If I ever go into hospital, I would need to know that if a doctor says they're coming at two o'clock, they will come at two o'clock. Mm-hmm. And that's the sort of stuff that Richie wasn't getting. Right. So I think it's something that everybody needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, and it just, Doctor's appointments, I, again, I cancel doctor's appointments because I don't want to go. And mm-hmm. if I just got up and went in the morning, I think that would probably be the best plan. So just things like that are going to go into my passport. But isn't it ridiculous? Like, I reckon even neurotypical people would need stuff like this. Like, yeah. it would help everyone. Like, Oh, yeah, totally. Especially, like, I, I take the dentist as well. Well, especially what you go. said about the doctors coming at different times. Like... If you think about work, if you have a meeting, the meeting's at that time. Like, if people are coming late, they tell you they're coming late. They just don't not turn up. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a really weird sort of situation when you're in a hospital and that happens. Because you're in a more vulnerable space anyway. Yeah. Yeah, although I I think, to be fair to the hospital, I would imagine doctors don't deliberately turn up late. They've had something else that needs their attention somebody else that yeah. is run off yeah. it, must falls be, down. it must be very difficult um I do know yeah. though I, I had a, a lump removed from my leg and I kept cancelling that appointment because I'm a, a catastrophist I, I think of the worst of everything so I was convinced that when this lump was removed it would get sent away and it would be cancer yeah so for me it was easier to just not get it removed so I kept cancelling and then I went for the appointment I actually got there and the doctor was running an hour and a half behind so then I I went to the desk and made an excuse and left and it took me months and months to get that lump removed yeah and it was all fine well I haven't actually (laughs) I haven't actually checked but I'm sure if there was something wrong they would have told me yes they would all Um, for ages I kept ringing back and trying to get my results but it was too I think they take like six weeks and then I've obviously forgotten about it and that's really how unimportant it is but at the time I'm thinking the worst yeah absolutely but yeah I don't I don't I don't think any doctor would deliberately you know I didn't mean it in that way I just think like maybe maybe a nurse come in and say oh he's running late rather than yeah yeah it's more the way of going, just so you know, they're running late. Yeah, it's being kept informed rather than just nothing happening for over an hour. I think yeah. even for people who are neurotypical, like that would cause anxiety for them as well. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, not not anxiety, it's just major frustration because I've been in situations where you sit and wait and you're thinking, I've got to go pick up my kids and I've still not been seen and, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. And the other thing um, is I, I'm the sort of person that can't ask for help. Uh-huh. So a prime example of that was when I was at this appointment with the psychologist and because of my light sensitivity, I sat in a chair that the sun was behind me. But throughout right. the appointment, the sun moved around and it was in my eyes and it was really hurting me. And he he said to me, do you want to move your chair? And I said, I would love to move my chair. He said, why haven't you moved it? And I said, because I just don't feel comfortable to make that kind of decision for myself. Yeah. So I would never, if a doctor was running late, I would never like ring the buzzer and ask for help. There's like lots of things like that that I just wouldn't do. So hopefully your autism passport would highlight that in advance and, and, you know, they'd say, oh, do you want to move your chair over here before the 
everything kicks off yeah. type thing. Yeah. And yeah. also I think the, the appointments are teaching me that as a full grown adult, I I am able to just move my chair if the sun's in my eyes. Yes. But I don't get things like that. Yeah. But I'm starting to learn. Yeah. It's 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 such a good idea, this autism passport, isn't it? Yeah. Really good. I hope we see more of it. Yeah, I mean maybe we could get a make a download. Yeah. You know, once I've got mine and I see what it's like, we could make something, get it on the website for people to download. Yeah. That's a great idea. Really good. We'll get that done. Okay. And what about a listener's question this week? So somebody was asking about apps and what our favourite apps were and what apps we find helpful. Okay. Um, and have you got any? Well, I've recently downloaded quite a few apps because Joe's been going to counselling um, and his counsellor gave us some apps. So there was Calm, Calm Harm, Headspace, Breathe and WhatsApp. Now, WhatsApp is incredible. I, you know, I've messed around on a lot of different apps before and I find them a bit boring, but this WhatsApp mm-hmm. one, it's just brilliant. So when both of my kids are anxious, I go into this now and it's got options, um, help right now. So I click that um, and I use the, the stop, get grounded, breathing control, catastrophe scale, forums, uplifting quotes. You know, there's loads of stuff on there, but I use the, yeah. get, the get grounded and it's basically five things you can say that are fragile. Once you've said them, you tick them off and it gives you another question and it just occupies your mind. It's so good. Mm. I'm finding that like, a really useful tool. Oh, okay. So is it called WhatsApp a mental health app? Is it that one? I'm just looking at yeah, it. Yeah, it's um it's WhatsApp. It's like a pinky red background with a big hand uh-huh. and a little hand. Yeah. Um but yeah, there's so much on there to explore. Yeah. Um we were doing I think there's games on there, so things like you've got a sentence and you have to see how many four letter words you can make in sixty seconds. And at the end of it, so me and Joe were doing these things and we're like what did you think about for that 60 seconds? How many words I could make from that sentence? Where before it was thinking about anxiety provoking things. Yeah. So yeah. So and it was, just, just I think it clears your mind. Yeah. And I think you. it's good, especially for like maybe older children and adults, because if say you sat on the bus and you're really anxious. Yeah. It just looks like you're typing a message to somebody. Like there's nothing yeah, yeah. out of the ordinary where. Yeah, I think that's really good that you just nobody would bat an eyelid and think you're doing anything because you don't yeah. have a phone. Mm-hmm. That's really good. I'm going to look that up definitely. Um, what about you, Joel? Do so, you use any app? I found this. I was downloading games onto my phone the other day, and there's one called Sandballs, which I quite like. And mm-hmm. um, so, what's good about it is you don't have lives or anything, so you can play as much as you want. And mm-hmm. the levels are all sort of similar, but you have these balls at, I'm just opening up, at like the top of a maze, and you put your finger through sand, and they just go all the way down until you get to the very bottom. That sounds nice. really satisfying. It is. Um, yeah. There are some bits, challenging bits, like there's vents that you have to avoid and stuff, but it's pretty easy. It's not challenging at all. Yeah. And it reminds me of... Do you remember you used to... It's kind of like kinetic sand, but for your phone, pretty much. Oh, that's right. cool. And I love it. I spent like three hours a night on it. So what's that called? Because wow. I'm going to get that. Sandballs. Sandballs. Sandballs, right. I'm going to get that too. That sounds awesome. Yeah, we should probably <clears throat> put a, a list of like 10 great apps. Yeah. yeah. And like do a blog on it. 
Um, there's one, this isn't so much one for kind of health and stuff like that, but it's one in, from a safety point of view, which is really quite good. And it's called um, What Three Words? Have you heard of it? No. Oh, yeah, right. I've downloaded that. Have you? Yeah. It's really clever. Yeah. Um, so basically, my there's it's like a grid map. So instead of if you were out and you were lost somewhere and you didn't know where you were, you didn't know, like, come and pick me up here and you don't know where here is. So <clears throat> say I was walking the dogs in the woods yeah. or something. Then it's got a grid map and I can click on the box that I'm standing in and it will come up with three words that that box holds that is a geo location point so i could then send a message to stuart and say i've fallen over and i can't stand up and i'm at piano orange custard and he could go into the what three words thing and look for the square that's got type in piano orange custard and it would pinpoint exactly where i am within like a square meter that is so cool isn't it it's really smart so even like your house and everything has got like um like my house is, I probably shouldn't say it, um, <laughs> but I'll choose somebody else's house, right? V's gifted eventful. So there you go. Um, and it's not just, in, it's every corner of your house has got a different three words. What's it yeah. called? What three words? Yeah, what three words it's called. Yeah, I downloaded it because of where I live. If I go on like a dog walk up the mountains, you lose, yeah. lose everything. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you lose it, and also it's not like it's not as accurate using your Google Maps and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas this is like right down to the exact point. Yeah, and a lot of people yeah. in my area go missing on the fells, so I just think it's a great app. Everybody should have it. Mhm. Definitely. Yeah. So there you go. There's three goodies for you, folks. Yeah, I'm definitely going to do what's up and sandballs. I shall download them after we've done this. It's it's very addicting. I'm just warning you. I'm on like level 300 or something stupid like that, and I downloaded it right. two days ago. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, I can get sucked into stuff like that easily. Um, I'm doing one at night at the moment, which is is absolutely rubbish, but it's sort of good. It's that you know whenever you play a game you get all these watch this video to get a free diamond yeah. or whatever yeah and the one that always comes up with is choices mm-hmm. which is the one it's like a story yeah, you can yeah, choose yeah, different yeah, yeah. oh yeah and then you just store your choices so i'm kind of sucked into that at the minute which is it's good fun but it's a complete waste of my time and i lose so like i lose about an hour before bed doing that it's so cheesy as well it is so cheesy, so, so cheesy and frustrating that all the options that you want to take cost you 25 diamonds, which costs one ninety nine, and you're like, I'm not buying that. It used so to be all the free back in the day. Did it? Yeah, back when they first started, because I remember and they used to have better stories as well. So is this the one where it shows you, like, the cat's done a poo? And you clean no. it up? No, it's basically like a comic no. book, but it's a choose-your-own-adventure comic book sort of thing. But yeah, all different. Like the one I'm doing is a is a vampire vampire story at the moment, where this woman works for this man, and this man happens to be a vampire, and she's got to work nights instead of days, and then there's all kind of bad vampire stuff going on, and so it tells you it's like reading a book, Lorraine. Uh, it's it's like reading a book, and then it's like so and so says, "Do you want to go out for dinner or stay in?" And you choose. Do you remember? I think that they... actually sounds really good. They used to have them, they still do, for, like, um, sci-fi stuff, 
when I was younger and like um, yeah. used to play it with dice. Yeah, yeah. I remember having actual physical yeah. books that you could choose yeah. the different options. Yeah, I remember them books and you'd go through it with a pencil because you wanted to do it again. Yeah. It's like that. Yes. But, but, yeah, so, I think that actually... Yeah. Well, I think that choices game sounds like a great idea for distraction technique. Oh, definitely. It certainly, certainly distracts me. And and also some of them, like there's one that's like a high school situation. Um, I've, I've got bored of that one, but so I didn't finish it. But um, I even think some of the social side of it is quite interesting. Yeah. You know, the social stories and the and the choices that you make, whether you go to the party with the bad boy or whether you go home and eat crisps um, you know for distraction um, i'll throw in another one that i just thought of um called let me find it i've got it here it's brilliant similar to this called 80 days have you heard know. of it no it's no. around the world in 80 days but it's a choose your own adventure story oh it's oh, one of okay. my favorite apps of all time i played it like eight nine times and you go through the whole yeah. story Oh, cool. Oh, that's good too. Yeah, I think apps can be really good for distraction. I mean, I play words with friends and I can be on one game just trying to think of one word for half an hour. Yeah. Yeah. I quite like those ones like letter soup and yeah. all those sorts of ones as well. Um, yeah. Fab things apps, aren't they? Definitely. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I think that's us for this week then. We've covered a fair bit. That's been really interesting. Yeah. Um, so thank you guys and I'm trying to remember what's next week oh I think next week we've got Helen from our community talking about um or uh what do you call it assistance owner dogs. yeah owner trained assistance dogs ah. um so that's a really interesting one so tune in for that next week and that's us so thanks everyone bye. see you later bye, bye. Well, that's it for this week. And thank you once again for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you've got time and you can spare 30 seconds, then go and give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps other people find our content. And we know that our content and our episodes are so helpful to our community with lots of hints and tips and interesting interviews. So go and do your kind deed of the day and leave us a five-star review on iTunes to help others find us. Also, so that you never Never miss an episode and you get a notification when a new one is available why not hit subscribe and that way you'll never miss us finally if you're not already a member of our fantastic facebook support group i suggest you go join it we'd love to see you in there there's loads of fantastic chat lots of peer-to-peer -peer support from people in the same boat as you so go and search on facebook for the chewy gem sensory support group and let us know what you're thinking of our episodes speak to you then bye